your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. everyone, welcome to Special Presentation with Mike and Ethan, or... Alf will not be seen tonight. Okay, we have we are revisiting something we have seen earlier this year, but you would be forgiven for not realizing this was the same uh, property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very different take on a familiar face. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's, it's, you know, because the original property is from, what, the 1800s, I think? <laughs> Feels like it. Like 1903 and or something? 1903. I'm yeah. guessing. Uh, let, me, let me actually look it up. You know, let's do our live wikiing. Uh, yeah, but the, uh, the original thing that we uh, looked at for this particular property was an extremely 80s take. And this one is an extremely 90s take. Oh, um, boy. It's enough to make you yell, Leaping Lizards! <laughs> Have you guessed what we're talking about yet? It's, it's Little, Little Orphan, Orphan Annie. Annie. Brought to you by yeah. Rich Chocolatey Ovaltine. <laughs> I can still <laughs> taste it. <laughs> now, this is uh, actually, this is Little Orphan Annie, a very animated Christmas special. <laughs> uh, uh, I think most of that is accurate, except for the very part. Well, it is animated. I guess I guess they wanted to emphasize that, that it was animated because I don't know that has Little Orphan Annie been animated other than this? Not I, much. This is one of the few times, which is surprising, but on the yeah. other hand, I mean it's not like it's you know, they it's not like it's important to get her character model, you know, they didn't give her the blank eyes. Yeah. Yeah, they pretty much look look, red hair, that's all you need. Um, but yeah, there've been several, like many stage shows, several movies, but yeah, I think this is the first time I've ever seen her captured an animation. And so they really wanted to emphasize that. Um, now I wouldn't say it's very animated. I would say it's adequately animated. <laughs> like, like, like it's not like clutch cargo or, or anything like that. It's just, but at the same time, it's. It's not the greatest animation. It's Saturday no. morning TV animation. It's is yeah. Before we were before we got started, uh, Mike likened it to the uh, '90s X-Men Saturday morning show, and that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, was, in fact, that, I it think had that like, thing where people's you know when people's uh, people talk, their eyes change size with every mouth movement because they're redrawing the whole face. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally, I think their eyes change color as well. Their, uh, you know, the scleras will change their skin color. Um, but um, you know, but but it's it's fine. It's mostly fine animation. Um, it really does <clears throat> have that X file, not X file, sorry, X Men look. Um, especially later on with some of Annie's costume changes in this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where where are we going with this, baby? Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, Annie's 
channeling uh, Jubilee, apparently, or something. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. but Jubilee! Um, I blow stuff up! Yeah, I mean, that's that's the one, right? Wait, yeah. which is the one with all the pouches? Uh, it's all of them, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Jubilee had, uh, she wore, like, the yellow raincoat. Um, oh, maybe I'm thinking of, uh, who's the one with the, the big hair? I think she's got white and brown hair. Oh, Rogue, wears, I like, think. A, is that Rogue? Okay. She wears yeah. like a green and yellow kind of jumpsuity thing. Yeah, she wore a green and yellow bodysuit with a jacket over it in the cartoon. Yeah. Th- yes. That's the one. I, that, I think she's got kind of a Rogue outfit, actually. A little bit, now that yeah. Because <laughs> the but, headband and everything. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, well, we'll, we'll get to that. But the important thing to start off with is... Um, you all remember Little Orphan Annie. She's the little orphan with a dog named Sam. You gets adopted by Daddy Warbucks, the richest man in the world, and I guess has adventures. That's kind of what the comic is, right? Kind of yeah, but they never adventures. focus on that in any adaption. The comic is all about you know having kind of uh, it's kind of what you were talking about with this, the uh, the. What's that show even called? It's the Johnny Quest model of adventure story. Right, right. Yeah, it's the one you're 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 on adventures around the world and fighting smugglers and pirates. Yeah, um, always yeah, but, always pirates, but always like yeah. the modern pirates who use the speedboat and do oh, yeah, like yeah. look at me, I'm the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see the thing, it's like Johnny like Johnny Quest or Hardy Boys. Um, or uh, Tintin type adventures. Yes, um, kind of. It's what uh, I always thought Venture Brothers should be, except that always gets derailed into superhero bullshit. So I'm always like, oh, come on, what the? Yeah. Well, but, considering anyway. that you, you can actually name any of those influences, and most people are like, what the hell is the Hardy Boys? I, I don't blame them for going for something with a bit more mass appeal. Yeah, I guess uh, people don't remember the Hardy Boys anymore. Uh, how can they not names? You don't know their yeah Joe and Frank, really? Extremely. Are you kidding? Yes. No, that's, that's they're Joe and Frank. Joe and Frank. Joe <laughs> is the athletic one. Frank is the thinker. I think I assumed that they were like Mario and Luigi. Like one was named Hardy and the other was some had some other name, but they the were other just one was named Boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I was a big fan of the Hardy Boys as a kid, so I read I read like all their adventures. And they pretty much always fought pirates and smugglers. Ah, uh, did you ever hear of Trixie Belden? We had a bunch of those when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, I remember those books. I I didn't read them, but I re- I remember seeing them in the library. Yeah, that that I was, was. I think that was a little more in the Scooby Doo vein, but it was mostly about you know getting into danger in a in a more local uh, setting as opposed to globe trotting settings. Right. So a little uh, a little closer to Nancy Drew who Yeah, was, yeah. But right. less, which less I also mystery read solving, I think. I might be, I might right. be wrong. Well, Nancy Drew did a lot of mystery solving. She didn't globetrot as much as the Hardy Boys. Um I think she mostly, you know, mostly like she'd have a relative who was like come to visit my house and she would go visit them and while she's there like I don't know, a revenue would come and be like would harass them and she would have to solve a mystery to find some hidden treasure or something to, you know, a revenuer. <laughs> yeah. You know, stuff like that. I, I, I'll be honest. I mostly just read them for the, uh, the, the interplay between, uh, George Fain and Bess Marvin because, because <laughs> <laughs> they, it was extremely hot, but, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, 
Um, but no, I, you I never get re- that in any superhero stuff. So now I understand you better. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to say if the if Venture Brother, well, if they made a TV show where it was basically Nancy Drew spoofs, then like, yeah, I would definitely watch that. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, um, while we were talking about the Hardy Boys, oh, Globetrotting uh, Adventures. Yeah, ex- trying to explain the genre that Annie is the Annie comic strip, which ended in 2020. Uh, is was all about that, but the Annie adaptions, the musicals and stuff, are much more like you know, sitcommy. More more about yeah. her getting together with her billionaire uh, father figure, Daddy Warbucks, or Daddy Stacks, as he was called in one of them. Mm. They're all basically the origin story. I mean, yeah, you just retell this because <clears throat> even this Christmas thing, it's basically. The same story about how Annie and Daddy Warbucks first met. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's think a, of it as like the beginning of Into the Spider Verse. Let's go over yes. it one more time. <laughs> it's a little. It's like the Annie movie if you took out all the the best parts. By which I mean, what's her name? Uh, Carol oh, Channing. Yeah, Carol Channing's character. Yeah. Or, yeah. Not Carol Tim Channing. Curry no, Carol Burnett. Them. Yeah. Uh. Carol Burnett. Sorry. <laughs> all you know. The things that people actually like about the Annie movie and instead put in kind of an ersatz Christmas Carol. Um, I mean, I don't not kind of. It definitely is. Yeah, Um, that's the thing. The middle third of this is a Christmas Carol. The middle third of a 22 minute cartoon. Yeah, it's funny because when it started, I kind of guessed, oh, it's going to be like a Christmas Carol. And then they kind of did the thing for a while. And then they literally did a Christmas Carol, which is like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> okay um unexpected but uh definitely you know i'll say this 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 special goes a lot of places for 20 minutes yeah it was i was just like wow this is all part of the same 22 minutes special it's dense i, I appreciate I that it's not, not a lot bored. of nothing <laughs> yeah yeah no filler in this it's all it's all product <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> i'm getting a little cold here so i apologize for all the coughing oh. I'll survive though. <laughs> I got the black lung. Um, but uh, um, yeah, so um, I guess should should we just uh, should we go through it or just yeah? Um, let's let's dive into it. We've got yeah. uh, a, you know Annie, little orphan Annie's very animated Christmas, prevented by the Fremantle Corporation. <laughs> I have no idea who they are. Yeah, I, I don't know, but something like how you know raggedy ann and andy was uh, produced by the by the group that had uh, secretly financed contra wars or whatever that's right the the the, the chill, what is it the the bob corporation yeah yeah it was some weird like the raggedy ann movie being financed by some weird uh conglomeration of uh, pinochet and the phone company i remember <laughs> it was very odd <coughs> Again, if you want the deep dive on the Raggedy Ann and Andy musical adventure, uh, look for my appearance on Have You Seen This podcast, where we, we went into that at length. Yes. Uh, never really found the smoking gun. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Oh anyway, um, but um, yeah, we do get a, we do get a MetLife cameo in this, though. Yeah, one that of the was weird. It's are... like, MetLife? Well, where's Snoopy? Yeah, it was weird. It's like, did they pay for that? Because I feel like product placement wasn't as prevalent in... 1994 when this came out but eh, there we go maybe there's an actual MetLife building in whatever city uh annie's supposed to be in yeah i guess if they changed it to schmetschmeif or whatever people would it would draw too much attention yeah yeah 
Also, but, uh, <laughs> I just realized that uh, they got the order of uh, the order of cells wrong in the shot where you see the MetLife building and you see people coming out from behind the buildings in front when they're supposed to be in front of the buildings. And now they're like, you know, several stories tall. <laughs> Arr, crush well, MetLife! Hey, that is, Snoopy! That, it, that, that is very um, uh, 90s X-Men, though. It is very, yeah. Acom, the animation studio that did this, they are so, they're very uh, infamous for this. To the point where there were so many so many errors like this in the original Transformers cartoon that they eventually went back and decided, yeah, they're all canon. That's what, that's the <laughs> result of dimensional ripping when Unicron entered our dimension. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yes. wow. That's a smart save. <laughs> so yeah, we got a, we got a look at uh, New York in the, in the wintertime doing all those you know, New York Christmas things. You've got carolers on them at the corner and people uh, skating at... God damn it, what is that? We, we keep bringing up this place where people skate in New York and I don't remember what it's called. Uh, it's it's called an Garden. ice skating rink. Okay, yeah, the, the ice skating rink with the big <laughs> with the big Emmy statue over it. I'm yeah. sure it has a name. You all know it from The Critic. Yeah. and, and In fact, that's the only place we know it from. Yeah. But and then we those... zoom in... Yeah, go on. Oh, no, no. Go on. Yeah, we zoom in to Warbucks Manor, this palatial estate, which is apparently mostly office space. <laughs> yeah, it's in his house. He's got everyone's working in his house. Yeah, he's everyone's working at his house and he's got this, you know, these golden pillars and chandeliers hanging. And it's just it's supposed to be luxury, but everyone's running around spilling papers. And I'm just like. This is basically like if you laid Trump Tower on its side. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do like how it's, you know, yeah, like you said, it's like uh, everyone's running around. Uh, they're they're spill dropping papers. They're, they're in a frenzy because they have to meet a deadline. It's Christmas Eve and they have a deadline to meet. Um, <laughs> I guess it's a newspaper. I'm not sure. Uh, no, what it is is, well, it's it's. Apparently, they mentioned later on that Daddy oh, right. Daddy Warbucks. That's right. He has received a government contract to cut all the pork out of government, but he only gets paid if he finishes it by deadline, and the deadline is midnight Christmas Eve. Very normal. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> um, it is very funny though because at one point one of these guys comes up to him and is all like, "Daddy Warbucks, I finished my spreadsheet. Can I go home and spend time with my family?" And Daddy Warbucks, of course, is like, no, you got to stay here. Do your job. And, you know, we've got to meet our deadline. And um, they mention it's two hours to deadline. So it's 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve. And and Daddy Warbucks is making all these people work in 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 his weird giant 80s office <laughs> with real to real computers and shit. Yeah, this over the top dialogue <laughs> for him is actually really funny. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm dying. Sorry. Okay. Uh, can you still smell? Yes. Okay. Good. All right. So that's no. I've, uh, that's... I've had a no. No. I, I uh, don't have. I have. Um. I've had this cold for a few days, and oh, okay. um, I've passed the worst of it. Like I had the uh, you know the headaches and the sore throat. Now oh, everything's gone but the cough. Ah. Uh. 
I got okay. the, the I got the Transformers variant, the Omnicron Perseus variant. <laughs> no, that's the, no, that's the Futurama variant. Oh yeah, that's right. Wasn't there a Transformer named Omnicron? You might be thinking of Unicron. Oh okay, yeah, the planet guy, Orson yeah, Welles. The, yes, the uh, yeah, Uni is one, Omni is all. So Omnicron oh. would be even bigger than Unicron. So. Oh wow, <laughs> that that's so a, like if, that's. Yeah, he's like a transformer that turns into an entire galaxy. Just damn separates it uh, into planets. Cool. Let's let's do this. <laughs> now that's a big robot. <laughs> now that is now that's a Christmas special I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> so but anyway, we're we're watching Yeah, Denny Warbucks. My favorite thing is that his office is on the landing of the staircase. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> Literally, you just yeah, you just got a desk right there on the on the landing. I mean, you're you're the boss here. I would think you would give yourself a corner office that people couldn't come into. They couldn't just walk up and bother you like this. But maybe he's new to being rich. <laughs> well, you know, it's when you're the richest man in the world, you you don't have anyone to model yourself after. Oh, that's true. Except Uncle Scrooge, and he's a duck. Yeah, yeah. Daddy Warwick's is like, I can't swim through my money. What am I, a duck? <laughs> so, yeah, but, he's got um, all of these, all of his pr- stuff is breaking down. Like, the, the Xerox are, the Xerox is breaking down, and he says, don't worry, Punjab will fix it. And then the uh, fax machine breaks down. He's like, don't worry, Punjab will fix it. <laughs> and that's when the giant reel-to-reel computer that looks like ENIAC <laughs> or something starts to break down. <laughs> And he's like, where the hell is Punjab? Actually, where in Helena, Montana is Punjab? Well, they got to slip it past standards and practices. Yeah. Now, as you recall from our previous Annie episode, Punjab is his uh, bodyguard. Yes, this towering quasi-Indian or Pakistani individual who has magic powers and it really should be the hero of the whole thing, but it's not. Yeah. Um, now he's, um, I forgot that he had magic powers. So I was just like, wait, does he know anything about fixing computers? Okay. But, uh, Punjab is right now busy giving away, uh, toys to orphans. So he's just waiting on a, waiting on a corner is like free toys and meat for orphans. And (laughs) yeah, he gives them all away successfully, except for one, two last things, a T-bone steak and a little red dress. And it's like, who could, who, who would these be perfect for? And wouldn't you know it, that's about the time when uh, uh, two random uh, toughs meet up with Sandy and are all like, hey, it's orphan, little orphan Annie's dog. Let's, let's, let's chase it away. Let's beat up this dog. And, um, but then little orphan Annie jumps out of a tree and like beats them up. So, so Annie was just like crouching in a tree waiting to ambush people like a ghoul. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and the way this was animated, I feel like it originally was an X-Files thing. They just traced over, sorry, X-Men shot <laughs> they traced over, you know? And using um, her dog as bait. Nice, Annie. Yeah. Uh, did you notice when, when she's like, she starts like, she jams her fingers into that kid's mouth? God, like, that scene! <laughs> Yeah, the the mouth. I was just looking at it, being like, "This kid has like his teeth are way too big and way too many." Real body horror that scene. 
<coughs> he's got like gigantic grinding teeth, like a like a megalithic herbivore. <laughs> oh, it's it's Sid from uh, Ice Age. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> uh, but then Punjab is all like impressed by this, so he invites oh, yeah. her. He invites her to come back with him to uh, Warbuck's Manor. Yeah, and this is where they really kind of paint themselves into a corner because they're like, oh, crap, our story all revolves around getting into a stranger's car. Yeah, and of course, you know, since this is the 90s, they can't have any imitatable behavior in their cartoons. So they, so, they really kind of dance uh, dance in a circle around themselves. They pull this incredible uh, pirouette over to allow her to get into his car, saying that he's gonna, they're going to ask the police first. Yeah, and if the police vouch for him, then she'll get in the car with him. And <laughs> the then they kind of always have poor people's best interests at heart. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it was a different time, you know, back then. No, oh, everyone, you know, the police were good. They spoiler, they were not. Um, My favorite part but, is that uh, is that Sandy mm-hmm. bites a piece out of that kid's uh, pants, and we get a good look at his un- at his underwear, and I'm just like, it's good. Man, <laughs> you know what I thought was funny about that is um, I f- th- I feel like this special must have been a transitional period because the, the the when you see his underwear he's very clearly wearing briefs but he's got the 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 you know the heart pattern on them that yeah. everyone has on their on their boxer shorts and cartoons. Yeah, no one ever it- has. I've never gotten seen briefs with uh, little hearts on them. I'd probably buy yeah. them. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is I feel like this was you know because because in the old days I feel like in cartoons well, okay put boxer shorts in because you know tidy whities were like oh that's a little I don't know that's a bridge too far you know uh, but that's yeah that's, but boxer you know, shorts like, could pass for uh, they're just wearing another pair of pants under their pants right that happens exactly. to have hearts on it. Now I feel like the first show. That really was like, no, no, we're going to do briefs because kids will recognize that's a thing small children wear as underwear in real life at the time. I don't know if, what people wear as underwear now, but in the uh, was in SpongeBob SquarePants. No, I definitely saw uh, weren't Homer and Bart wearing uh, uh, tidy whities in the early Simpsons. You episodes? are correct. Yes. So the Simpsons was probably the <clears throat> predates SpongeBob, right? So that yes. makes you're right. So Simpsons, which. Would put it kind of around this time. I know Simpsons starts in 89, but I feel yeah. like maybe it took a little while for that to trickle into children's animation. So this this thing is trying to have it both ways. Yeah. And to be <coughs> fair, you know, heart pattern boxer shorts are a lot funnier in certain situations. Like, you ever play Ghosts and Goblins? Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, it would... Would it be funnier or less funny if under his uh, under his plate mail, Sir Arthur was wearing tight white briefs instead of uh, stru- instead of boxer shorts with little strawberries on them? I think it would be funnier with boxer shorts because if he's wearing briefs, I would just be like, "Oh, he's wearing a loincloth. That's normal for a knight to wear," you know? Yeah, yeah. So he has yeah. So they've always kept the boxer shorts going for him. So. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, but you know how it is. It, it really depends on the context. What kind of underwear is funnier? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> uh, but Punjab finally gets Annie to come back to Daddy Warbuck's house. And I do like that when they arrive, the cops have apparently come to just open the door to let her in. <laughs> 
cops just to remind us cops were involved wait are they there i don't even see them yeah i think so like oh yeah when they arrived at warbucks manor they just opened the door to the limousine oh i think that might be the uh chauffeur oh that's not a cop i thought that was a cop (laughs) i could be wrong actually now that i think about it but uh anyway so annie is here uh punjab does his magic to make everything get fixed yeah he just kind of sacrifices his jacket he yeah, presses I was his hands where... together and then suddenly he's missing his, his coat so was that an animation error or was that actually like a sacrifice that he did to make his magic work i mean i i really don't know what's going on <laughs> he's 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 a big fan of uh, full metal alchemist he believes in the equivalent exchange <laughs> i mean that's how magic really works in real life so i'm glad that they like you know had that attention to detail oh but now now we have <laughs> the introduction of of some annie ocs oh yes you mean <laughs> the lizards yes yes okay this is this is a scene that um so okay several <laughs> things go about down in it. history <laughs> yeah this is about as bad as the scene in the lady ghostbusters where they explain where the um the ghostbuster symbol comes from yeah it it was no this is much worse honestly it's because, pretty bad yeah yeah because yeah, i mean i i did watch the I mean, I watched that and I was like, that's stupid. Where do, why do I need an explanation for the symbol? And then I remember that as a kid, I was always like, well, where did they get that symbol? Oh, really? Yeah. So Okay, fair. I mean, when I was a kid, I was always like, yeah, no ghosts. We don't want no ghosts. Keep those ghosts away. And so you have the X and the ghost. I didn't think about it deeper than that. Perhaps <laughs> I should say, no, no, this is, this is as bad as the bit in Pirates of the Caribbean where they explain how Jack Sparrow got his name. <laughs> because someone told me that in the new one, they tell you his name. And I was like, wasn't it his name? I mean, you know, like, like h- how everyone has a name, <laughs> you know, like and, but that's not it. I don't even remember. Apparently they were like, ah, he's, I don't know. They said it's, it's the same thing. Like in star Wars where they're like, ah, Han, that Hey Han, he's always alone. I'm going to, we should call him Han Solo. It's like, <laughs> Okay, cool. Anyway. Well, you're a pretty good Moff Tarkin, but I wouldn't call you a grand Moff Tarkin (laughs) just yet. (laughs) So what happens is I get Punjab is like, here, you can play with these lizards, with these things. And and he's like, what are these lizards look absolutely insane. (laughs) Yeah, they look like, what is it? The the, um, uh, Ludwig von Koopa. Yeah, they do. (laughs) They have frog faces, but with a little... uh, crests and they are just in constant motion f- flickering and making f- making faces at Annie and and it's just like oh my god is this really happening is she hallucinating this <laughs> yeah because you know the rest of the the special is done not I wouldn't say you know it's not photorealistic but they're clearly going for a, a more grounded realistic look and then these lizards look like they're right out of Looney Tunes yeah and they just and they're just never drawn the same in any uh any uh, scene. Sometimes they have long muzzles. Sometimes they have flat faces. Sometimes they have narrow pupils. Sometimes they have wide pupils. But the important thing is that they can jump. And so she and Panja both say at the same time, leaping lizards. Yeah. Well, it's great because first Annie's like, what are these? And and Panja was like, lizards. <laughs> and it's like, 
Okay. Um, yeah, thanks. She says, wow, they're like little dinosaurs. They're called lizards, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, really? Lizards? Huh. Um, and then he's like, they can change uh, you know, color. So I'm like, so are they chameleons? Are they chameleons? Because when, when, when I feel like that's a more accurate thing to call them than just lizards. But then he says that they all can also jump. And, I, and that's when they both do leaping lizards. And it's like, oh, I get it because that's the thing she says. And um, I watched this special about an hour ago, and I've already forgotten. Have the lizards? Did the lizards do anything? Do they come back? No, they disappear after this. They appear okay. for no reason other than to uh, get you to remember that leaping lizards is her catchphrase. They yes. they abandon her as she leaves, and we don't see the lizards again. No, they they they're they're gone. That's it. Um, but then then what does happen is Annie gets rollerblades. Yeah, I don't know where she gets these rollerblades. We never see, we don't see her doing anything in the house besides playing with the lizards, and uh, and then she gets on rollerblades and runs over Daddy Warbucks's toe, and he forbids her from entering the house. So yeah, yeah, he kicks her out, and um, it's very sad. Uh, <coughs> but um, yeah, she, it, and then then I think he just goes to bed, doesn't he? Yeah, he just he goes to bed. Presumably, uh, this is a little while later because he says, uh, "Why did everyone who was leaving there at work frown at me? It's like I did something wrong." And Punjab was like, "Oh, you think?" Well, it's funny because he's like, "Yeah," and then he's and Punjab tells him it's because you were like mean to little orphan Annie. And I would add, possibly making everyone work till midnight on Christmas Eve might have also contributed to their negative feelings about you. Uh, Daddy Warbucks. I mean, you know, maybe just possibly. Um, now that I think about it, uh, that is never addressed in this special. No, uh, they, they don't. You know, they don't uh, focus on him being, you know, being such a jerk to his employees. It's mostly just about uh, he doesn't he doesn't show love to individuals. Right. So. Now he also tries to fire Punjab multiple times in this, and. Um, is very, very ungrateful for everything Punjab's doing. It's a very toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there is one bit that I thought was really good, um, which is when Punjab is like, I'm going to go out and look for Annie. And uh, Daddy Warbucks is like, why are you going out? It's Christmas Eve. All the bad people. And, uh, and Punjab says, yes, all, all at home in bed, I know. And looks at him very... Very, you know. Oh yeah, knowingly. that is a good. That is a good moment, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it was like, oh, you know, if the rest of the special had had that quality, this would be like a really. This would be like one of the one of the, you know, one of the top tier Christmas Carol adaptations. But um, you know, the the rest of it doesn't hold up like that. Um, but uh, so, the, but Punjab also mentions that him being a, an asshole to Little Orphan Annie has caused a disturbance in the spiritual realm. And you know what that means? That means ghosts. And the first ghost we see, I was not expecting. No, it's, um, now when he shows up, I was like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's Xanatos from Gargoyles. It does. It looks exactly like Xanatos. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) And it was just, he was going to appear and he's like, I meant to do that. (laughs) It wasn't Xanatos. My wife just looked in the door at me like, and was like, it wasn't Xanatos. Um, But uh, uh, it turns out it's Asp, who is, um, now he's Daddy Warbucks' other bodyguard from the comics. 
Yes, but, Asp is a uh, Ask is a, is a martial arts master who is also his usual chauffeur. He appeared in the uh, 1982 movie just long enough to uh, do a few show off a few kicks. He never said anything right. there. Now it turns out though that in in the continuity of the very animated Christmas special, he's dead, and he's dead. <laughs> um, he's dead. Yeah, because Daddy Warwick's is like. Ask my loyalist, my best loyalist bodyguard, but you're dead. It's like, oh, okay. We don't know how he's dead or what happened to him. He's just dead. Um, I don't think now in this one he's got a weird accent. I yeah, he I does assume, say Christmas, but that's it. Yeah, is it? I guess it's supposed to be Asian. I honestly was like thought it was Russian when yeah, when he, talking, he doesn't but. he doesn't look Asian. You know, he doesn't have any. You know, he doesn't have any of the traditional Asian markers. Like, you know, he doesn't have his eyes permanently closed like Darlene or anything like that. Uh, he, yeah. I've, you're, again, he looks exactly like Xanatos. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's on um, green fire. Yeah. And it's so it's it's weird because he shows up and he just does the, the Jacob Marley bit. But it just makes you wonder, like, so wait, did is he... Because he's here, I've come to warn you, and it's and all that. But it's mm-hmm. like to avoid. Does he say to avoid my fate or just avoid a, a bad fate or something? Avoid a bad fate. Yeah, it's like you know, yeah. They, they didn't even get into the whole thing about uh, when you die evil, you have to wander the earth covered in chains forever. Yeah, I mean, it's not even. I don't even know if Asp is supposed to be like you know being punished. Maybe he was just like, oh, I'm just gonna do this. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm chilling in heaven, but I want to do a solid for my, uh, for my pal, Daddy Warbucks, my old employer, you know. I think a lot of, street a lot, around this time we were kind of, it was kind of taken for granted that the events of A Christmas Carol were all a dream. Uh, I mm. don't know if people, people necessarily believe that so much now. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I didn't, I didn't realize that the, um, the, the dominant interpretation of the story had changed so much. Yeah, I I know I've read about it, you know, you know, laid out as it was, you know, some, you know, Scrooge had a uh, dream that uh, made him change his ways. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily uh, uh, maybe they were maybe they were censoring themselves in a way because they didn't want to talk about ghosts in front of kids. And now that I'm not a kid and don't read as much children's uh, literature, they don't have, they don't feel the need to uh, soften it so much and be like, well, he just had a dream. Ghosts aren't real. Don't panic. Maybe. Um, uh, Cause now I think about it. The only one I was a kid that I ever saw was like the Disney version. So, you know, which could my, my easily be interpreted as a dream, but yes. Yeah. Um, because I'm trying to remember, are there any others where they, do they, are there anywhere like at the end where like, you know, Scrooge is like, well, I guess it was all a dream. And then he sees some like translucent shimmering chains in the corner and turns to the camera is like, or <laughs> was it? <laughs> the doing, end doing question the mark. Miracle on 34th Street ending. <laughs> um, but no, so this is interesting. Well, that's how Scrooge it's ends. Oh, sorry. Oh, is it really? Yeah, because uh, at the at the end, as uh, Frank Cross has uh, made his his great uh, personal transformation and made a huge fool of himself on national television, international television, to say that Christmas isn't a fraud; it's something we can have every day if we want it. And 
as the as the credits are starting to roll, he sees the ghosts, including a guy that was alive when he met him and then died along the course of the movie, waving to him from the set of the of the uh, special they were putting on. Oh, that's right. That's right. So that is implied that it actually did happen. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So at least we know we know at one Christmas Carol, it did happen. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and he knew uh, the Trivial Pursuit questions that his brother had been uh, playing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that too. Now, um, it's it's definitely not a dream. I can't think of any others. All the others, I think it's pretty ambiguous. Yeah. Um, And, of course, Scrooge is not not actually a Christmas carol. It's an updated version. And, mm, but yeah, mm. even then, like the the Roseanne one where they had it for Halloween, she she still acted like she was getting up from a dream. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but but uh, back to our our main back to our special, event. Yes. Yeah, we have. Um, so it's, he's going to be Chris Carroll, but it's an abbreviated version. Very abbreviated. They leave out the past entirely. Yeah. There's only two ghosts. So they start with the ghost of Chris's present, which. Uh, takes the form of teenage Annie, even though Annie is not a teenager in the present. So no. Um, but you know she shows up and uh, Daddy War it and I get Daddy War Bucks is uh, he's all scared, but she's like, oh, I've got some pimples, but I'm not like a hideous ghost or something. Um, yeah, I don't, it's 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 this isn't this is an odd choice, especially I guess Daddy Warbucks. He's very slow, so he doesn't pick up that it's Annie, even though it's yeah. How does he not recognize her? I'm amazed that he. Well, I mean, he he met Annie once, so yeah, that's true. But I mean, like late, it takes him a long time to figure this out, much longer than it should, especially considering what what happens later. But yeah. um, so she's gonna take him on you know a tour to show him you know, Christmas Carol stuff. Yes. So we get to see Annie. You know, she's on the street eating stale donuts with, 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 which have the biggest holes I've ever seen in donuts. Yeah. Those are some wide donuts. They must have all been old fashioned. Yeah. But, uh, she, she's eating these donuts and it's funny because, uh, daddy Warbucks is all upset that she's out on the street and he's all like, why isn't she in some fine orphanage? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, those those fancy pants orphans living high on the hog in their fine orphanages. I, um, he assumed she was a welfare queen. Yeah, I mean, I laugh, but like honestly, I'm sure that like lots of people think that. So it's like, oh look at look at these uh, look at these lazy orphans. You know, sucking up my tax so, dollars. Their standards of living are so raised that they can't imagine what poverty actually is like. Yeah, yeah, but um, then then uh, um, Annie, teenage Annie, is like, "Well, I'll show you this fine orphanage," and um, he shows her an orphanage, or, or she shows him an orphanage. Sorry. Yeah. But um, it's <clears throat> I don't think I think this special is conflating an orphanage with a homeless shelter. Yeah, because it. Well, I mean, it's uh, they. I don't know. I mean. I'm not sure what an or a modern orphanage circa 1994 would have, uh, what kind of amenities it would have. There's no well, mention of any kind of cruel orphan master or anything yeah. like that. That we see. I mean, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. somebody somebody who looks like a social worker or something, but uh, that's about it. 
Yeah, I feel that by the 90s, orphanages were, like, not a thing anymore. Mm-mm, no, and uh, it was in the late 70s to early 80s that the, the system by which we uh, appoint uh, guardians to orphans was completely overhauled, and uh, orphanages were largely uh, kind of, you know, left to... Uh, left to f- shut down on their own. And uh, orphans these days are almost always sent to spend, to stay with family. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, this uh, particular orphanage, um, you know, uh, and Annie is all like shows that there, there are beds, there's food, but there is no one to, to love Annie. There's no one to hug her or me- to remind her to eat her vitamins or, uh, you know, and these are all Daddy Warbucks's uh, concerns, which is like, did, was this your concern earlier? Did you assume that the girl that he pulled off the street had, uh, you know, had someone to tell her to take her vitamins? Is that Apparently just something that you he's... assume is there unless uh, shown that it's not? Uh, you know, I mean, he's he is the richest man in the world, so I think he's pretty <laughs> out of touch with uh, the way things are, you know, <laughs> in reality. Um so yeah, he's very shocked to find out that the life of an orphan is hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I don't know what he was thinking. I was like, you know, I, it occurs to me that I know nothing about Daddy Warbucks's own uh, childhood. Did they ever? I don't think they ever have gotten into it. How how did he get? Well, I'm sure there's an explanation for how he got rich, but the I but how did he come to value family? Did he ever before he met Aunt Annie? Um, I always just assumed that, like, you know, that's a, you know what? That is a good question. Um, let's look up Daddy Warbucks and see if he's got a backstory. Yeah, let's see. Daddy Warbucks. Uh, he was born in 1894 near the fictional small town of Supin. Uh, Happy upcoming 140th birthday, Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> let's see. In the novelization of the uh, 1977 musical, he was born and brought up in Hell's Kitchen, New York. And is 52 oh. as of 1933. Uh, in an 1982 film, he says he was born in Liverpool. His father, a section boss on the railway, was killed when he was a month old. His mother was left with only gumption and a house in which she was able to keep boarders. His early youth in Supine, or Supine involved cornering all the marbles in town at age nine, serving as a messenger for the telegraph company, having a girlfriend named Millie, Fishing, swimming, and raiding melon patches with Spike Spangle, and beating up the son of a banker who planned to foreclose on his mother's house. In 1905, when he was 11 years old, his mother died at age 30 of typhoid. On the night of the funeral, he was put on the Outbound Limited. Presumably, he later spent some time in the city, for he and Patty Carnes were companions in the Ailed Eighth Ward. Uh, huh. He attended college, studying engineering, found no time for football or girls, because he had to work seven nights a week in a local steel mill to pay a debt. Uh, okay, so apparently because okay. of that, he... there's a lot oh, of history behind him. Yes. Uh, oh, apparently he uh, was not able to join a fraternity because of his um, lack of prep school education. And he also, when adult, joined the Freemasons and wanted to serve as a worshipful master of a lodge. <laughs> wow. Let's see. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. He eventually became a foreman in a rolling mill, married Mrs. Warbucks, worked and planned for family and house of their own. But when he began to make big money during World War I, his marital happiness was lost, but he retained his identity with the common people. 
After the war, he worked as an industrialist, became a philanthropist as well. His fortune was built to $10 billion. His wife instigated the taking in of Annie while Warbucks was away on a business trip. Oh. Okay. Yeah, we see no no wife in this pit, this picture. Yes. Uh, so actually, it's not very clear how he actually made his money. Yeah, he, he got $10 billion somehow, but... Then again, I imagine anyone who's a billionaire is sort of like, how the hell did I end up with all this money? Yeah. It just says he was an industrialist, and assume, considering this was during the war period, I assume he, like, sold war goods? Yep, hence the name, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> He's like Mr. Burns. Yes. <laughs> He's a war profiteer. Um, that puts the things in a new light. Yeah. Uh, and that's so, why they changed his name to Daddy Stacks in the 2014 sh- movie. Now, I also feel like knowing this about Daddy Warbucks' background, it, it makes it kind of more, even more um, damning, uh, his treatment of Annie. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. You, you know what it's like to be an orphan. I mean, you were an orphan. Your mom died when you were 11. There's a, yeah, there's but. a certain level of uh, Horatio Alderness to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> um, yeah, but, but okay. I'll assume he's been rich so long he's forgotten. Yes. He has lost his, uh, he's lost his uh, touch with the common people. But um, he's going to get it back because um, of, because of Annie. Yeah. Uh, so, what what happens now? He sees yeah. So uh, so teenage Annie wishes him goodbye, calling him Daddy Warbucks for the first time in the movie or film, and uh, then he uh, finds himself zapped to his own own rooftop, and then looks out on the uh, <laughs> looks out at the horizon, and it's the future. There's flying cars and monorails. <laughs> Just like living in the not too distant future. Yep. <laughs> Um, and, and that's when we meet the ghost of Christmas future, who is adult Annie and, um, adult Annie. Now, now, how would you describe this outfit that she's wearing? Okay. Adult Annie is wearing a lavender bodysuit with thigh high boots, a deep purple, uh, bolero length leather jacket, uh, with a pouch around her arm and... (laughs) A and she has a belt that goes from her hip to her thigh, and a gun holster on the opposite thigh. And she is wearing a headband with a with a little jewel in the middle. So yeah, she's literally dressed like Rogue in the cartoon, except it is, purple. It's extremely Rob Liefeld. Yeah. Um, and and also the best part about maybe not the best part, but because it is the uh, '90s X-Men style uh, animation style, <laughs> she's got the most gigantic crotch, <laughs> like 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 it's drawn like like uh, like Sabrina Skunk belly crotch. <laughs> the the V just comes all the way up to her boobs. That's uh... <laughs> I I mean. There is not an animal with a toe like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's just like that's a choice. That's that's okay. Um, something for the dads in the audience, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It's very weird. Um, but 
Uh, oh, she's wearing fingerless gloves too. <laughs> oh my god, it's so perfect. It's and she. The best part about this though is when when she shows up, she's like, "Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Anne. I'm a veterinarian." So, so apparently, this way that she's dressed, that's just future style. It's not that she's like a superhero or something. That's just, I guess, how people dress in the future. <laughs> I don't, we don't really get a good look at any, how anyone else is dressed, unfortunately. I was hoping that more people would be dressed as superheroes. Yeah, sorry, we really sorry, don't you get caught me good. on my way to Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get to see very much, but I do like that, you know, even she's like, oh, this red-haired woman named Anne, and Daddy Warbuck still does not make the obvious connection. Um, even if he didn't realize it was Little Orphan Annie, it's like, oh, come on, it's really pretty damn obvious that it's the same as a teenager. At least. Come on. Put two and two together, man. I thought you were supposed to be... I thought you were supposed to be the best and brightest because you're so rich. Yeah, apparently not. Oh, man. I was going to say, like, how does this guy avoid getting killed by those Bolsheviks for so long? Because he's really (laughs) a dim bulb. Um, But this is actually kind of interesting because then Annie brings him into Warbucks Manor and tells him that he left it to her. Uh, presumably this is the future after daddy warbucks is is dead yeah it um, says warbucks's kids world and there's all these kind of it's like a a school fair or something so it says preserving the rainforest ending climate change or oh no ending childhood disease and yeah so it's like um, that this would be pretty cool to actually have a uh have a rich dead guy leave his fortune to <laughs> I mean, for real, um, I thought it was interesting because it does the opposite of what a Christmas Carol usually does. It doesn't show the bad future. It shows a good future and what could be if Daddy Warbucks plays his cards right. Yeah, that's, um, that's surprising. I've, I've never seen it. You're right. I've never seen that before. So this is a more original take on uh, the a Christmas Carol than you would think. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of like that it, it really does. It's like, look, Daddy Warbucks, wouldn't you, wouldn't you like this to happen? You could make this happen, which is a very different uh, track than than you'd expect in this. I was actually kind of thinking, like, oh, we're gonna get a dystopian future, but nope. Um, it's, it's things are good because of uh, all the money that Daddy Warbucks has let. An- I, presumably, it, it seems that, like I don't know if he did anything with his life. Other than raise Annie right, because it's implied that like he just gave her all his money and now she's the one who does all this stuff. But I mean, I'm sure he must have done. I don't know. I I, I guess it's implied that he also uses money well when he was alive, at least yeah. to raise her. Um, but um, but he finally, I think he he does finally figure it out that this is Annie. yeah. She she accidentally drops another daddy and he says, uh, the, "You did all this and you're calling me daddy. You must be my daughter." And she says, well, yeah, is there anyone else you uh, know with uh, with lots of red hair? And he says, actually, before I went bald, I had a lot of red hair myself. And she's stunned and goes, you never told me that. <laughs> and I was like, so the ghost is literally Annie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, well, this actually. OK, so maybe this actually isn't a ghost at all. He's just being time traveled you know yeah that's so yeah the spirit world caused time travel and i don't know can 
would you do it if you were like, you know, at home alone and uh, then somebody was like, uh, come with me. I need you to talk to somebody from uh, from my time. He's going to you need to show him the future that you live in and what a crap sack it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, presumably be some, you know, if, I, I assume it'd be someone that I, I knew and had an interest in, like, guiding their future. Like, you know, because if daddy, if someone, if uh, Asp, uh, presumably showing up before he died, I don't know. Well, how that I, asp is the one thing that kind of throws a loop and you know the whole in the whole theory um but uh well, then again, like, i mean if there's time travel maybe he time traveling from when he was alive that's true so he comes and he's like hey orphan a little orphan annie who's no longer an orphan or little teenage orphan annie teenage annie i need you to come back and like you know tell you know tell daddy warbucks why he should adopt you um and then doing the same with like adult Annie, you know, I mean that that makes sense that they'd be like, oh shit, I want to preserve the good future, so I better do this. <coughs> um, I guess possibly whatever future teenage Annie comes from, they've invented anti gravity technology, which explains yeah. how they can fly. So she must, yeah, she must have uh, invested in that. Because yeah. you may have noticed that here it is, uh, close to thirty years after this was made, and we still don't have the monorails and flying cars, so we're in the bad future. He never oh. adopted Annie. Oh no! Oh, they 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 uh they they pushed too hard. They overplayed their hand, and uh, Daddy Warbucks is like, I don't I don't want that at all. I don't, I don't want a good future. <laughs> don't try to lecture me. Uh, well, anyway, uh, he goes back to the normal time, his time. Yeah. After and, we see uh, a little, a nice little. Uh, montage of him being there for the for the great moments in Annie's life seeing her graduating from college and ha having her help her help him up the stairs when he's old and shows a little bit of uh, a reward for him there yeah yeah so you know it, it worked it, it worked out good um he got something out of it too um he got companionship as well and he got to remind orphan Annie to take her vitamins yep <laughs> So, uh, but then Punjab shows up and is like, "I oh sorry, back in the the yeah, bedroom. back in real life, he woke up like, <gasps> oh my god, there's still time." Yes, and Punjab comes in and is like, "Oh, I couldn't find Orphan Annie, but he knows that she's at that particular uh, fine orphanage." Yeah, so, the Newton Orphanage. Uh, so yeah, he definitely was time traveling or visiting ghosts or something, and uh, and because he he knows something that he couldn't have known otherwise. Yeah. So uh, he shows up the orphanage and he basically makes um, a pitch to Annie to adopt her. And Annie's a little skeptical because he yelled at her earlier. But and she, you know, she keeps holding out just like, oh, OK, you're, and you're going to be and you're going to pay for my college and Sundays every every morning. <laughs> and you'll take me disco dancing every night. And whatever. Yeah. But finally, um, she agrees to uh, to be adopted, and by by the richest man in the world, and um, this kind of uh, uh, <clears throat> I mean, it, all the other orphans are kind of just watching this, and me too. <laughs> yeah, I think because in the orphan Annie movie, didn't he end up adapting all the orphans? Or, or something. They were all there, at least. We, I think we theorized that he was, you know, putting more of an effort behind getting them adopted uh, at some 
for, for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I feel like um, this one, yeah, kind of skips over, skips over. The, I don't know. It just, just it's funny. It's like, yeah, all right. Well, uh, the other orphans, fuck them. Well, we we see we we get a little glimpse of their future again. We see him with teenage Annie going golfing, and then we see her with adult Annie with the uh, the future outside, and they've got all the orphans with them, and they're still little girls. But these are the same orphans that were in the orphanage with Annie and she's grown up. So I guess they put them on ice until they could find parents for them. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Why not? <laughs> and Annie is still dressed in the X-Men outfit. And no one else is wearing anything different. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just, she's just, uh, she's an eccentric billionaire. Yeah. Oh God. She's the Elon Musk of her time. <laughs> so uh ethan i guess that's the end of little orphan annie's extremely animated christmas special um intensely animated there's one more surprise in store in stock i was oh. like okay i was looking at the uh i was looking at the credits like okay do i know any of these names have i ever seen these characters before and then up pops conceptual development character designs by Greg and Tim Hildebrandt. Wait. The friggin' Hildebrandt brothers! <laughs> the, 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 the barbarian dudes? The barbarian dudes? The ones who painted the Star Wars poster? <laughs> Whoa. This? Wow, okay. Uh, talk about slumming it. Yeah, um, geez, they must have needed... Well, maybe they already did it for something else and they just bought the rights to the designs or something. Could be. I mean, you know, they got bills to pay. I, I know about that. So, wow. They, that's some talk about some star power. Um, yeah. In Little Orphan Annie's extremely, an uh, very animated <laughs> Christmas special. <laughs> and and then it says, produced in animation with Bat Film Productions, Inc. So I was like, okay, what's Bat Film? Does this mean it was actually produced by the same people behind Batman the Animated Series? And was it? No, it's the people behind the Tim Burton Batman movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Bat Film Productions was apparently a, the subject of a major lawsuit because Warner Brothers stiffed them for a lot of the work that they did on uh, on Batman. And ba basically the jury came out, or the judge came out on the side of Warner Brothers saying, uh, saying you're an expert in in law. You can't, you can't predict, you can't pretend that you didn't know what they were getting, getting into. <laughs> it's like, so, wow, you have some, you live by the sword, die by the sword, live by the lawsuit in this case. Wow. Wow. What a, what a world. <laughs> yeah. So I thought um, it was, yeah, I thought it looked kind of Batman, the animated series, -y, but it's, it's something else. Man, um, yeah, okay. Uh, so, what did you what did you think of Little Orphan Annie's uh, very animated Christmas special? I wonder, did any child watch this? <laughs> um, I I'm gonna guess no. <laughs> uh, is there any reason for a child to watch this? But at the same time, it's here. It serves as an introduction to the Annie characters. But and setting them in the what was then the modern day, but 
But who would be yeah. interested in the Annie characters? And so if you already like the Annie characters and you watch this, you're like, this, this makes no sense. And if you don't know anything about the Annie characters, you sit down and you're like, I, I want to watch SpongeBob. <laughs> was this maybe they were hoping for an animated series and this is like a pilot or something? I I don't know. What would what would happen in the anime? I guess, you know, pirates and smugglers, assume presumably. I mean, presumably. I hope so, because if it was anything else, if it was like the movies and every week they just retell the story of how uh Daddy Warbucks and Annie first met. Um, actually, I mean, I guess there's something there that would be interesting in that it'd be kind of a Rashomon type thing where just like every week you get a completely contrary, uh, retelling of the same story. Yeah. Um, you have, uh, you could look at, you know, all these different people living in New York and you'd ask like, oh, I don't know, somebody working at a golf supplies store. And he tells the story of how Annie and Daddy Warbucks met on the links <laughs> <laughs> you meet someone in a you meet someone in a bar and he says oh yeah annie met daddy warbucks met on a met during a darts championship <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually you know i could see i could see some legs on this now you yeah. got all sorts of uh um <laughs> all sorts of wacky adventures um <laughs> but um yeah it's weird because otherwise this feels like just kind of a free-floating oddity like they were like yeah in the 1994 they're like hey let's make an annie Animated Christmas special. Oh, okay. Why? <laughs> who's who's clamoring for this one? Yeah. Um, I mean, 1994, 1982? I mean, there was... I mean, if you had grown up with the... Well, I mean, if you were young enough to just enjoy the 1982 movie, then you were probably too old for this already. So... Yeah. I, I don't know. A yeah. lot of things are kind of made with the intention of keeping keeping something in the public eye so people so they don't forget about it kind of like how DC Comics has to keep publishing Wonder Woman forever no matter how badly it sells because if they don't then the rights uh, revert back to the creator and, and oh. can't ever let that happen nope nope got got to keep milking that cash cow um yeah you know that's a good point that first probably what was going on here um because, you know, you don't want to lose the rights to Little Orphan Annie. That's definitely going to be... That's going to pay out eventually, somehow. Uh, well, I guess they made a few more movies, so... Um, uh, maybe it did. Technically, the character of Annie is uh, is public domain, because she first appeared in 1924, so... Oh, really? Well, then... Um, so that means uh, anyway, you can do anything you want with Little Orphan Annie. Yeah, you just and have Disney to wait for. Stop. Yeah, you just have to wait for a few more years for Daddy Warbucks to become uh, also public domain. Oh yeah, there you go. So just just you know, bide your time. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this. Uh, um, I I don't know. This was this was such an oddity. I will say this. Um, I was I was entertained. Yes, it I, was. I was like, this is nuts. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's weird. It's um it, it it's 20 minutes. It goes by pretty fast. So, you know, it's not like some of these things where we watch and it's like and it's bad but kind of boring. This no. is just like I wouldn't even say it's necessarily bad. It's just so weird. Yeah. You know? I mean, um, this is it's not weird in like, you know, it's it's no it's no Garfield's pet force, but no, it's no. It's, it's, it's a it's completely not, different idiom of weird. 
Right. It's not like hallucinatory weird. Like you watch this and you kind of get how it got put together. This has it kind of has that designed by committee feel. Yeah. You know? Where it's like, okay, this is clearly like we got to make something for the kids. It's going to be Christmas. We got to do Orphan Annie. Like all the individual elements make sense if you were told Annie and Christmas special. But when you throw them together, it just becomes this weird um, hodgepodge with like where it's like it's you keep thinking it's going to go one direction and then it just goes in another. But yeah, I'm guessing you'd never heard of this before I shared it with you. This no, this was a new one to me. Yeah, so, I don't, uh, I don't think I've ever heard of. I never saw an ad for it. I never was like, uh, you know, it's, I, I've, it's one of those things where even the, you know, even the websites about uh, how nostalgia is hilarious. Nobody has any nostalgia for this one. So, you know, this is this is something that we get to share with the world. <laughs> Sorry, world. <laughs> 